I'm Nathan Thomas. I am the assistant pastor here at Westminster. But that does mean I get to begin our sermon series on hospitality, or it's called Hospitable. Uh, if you watch the video on YouTube, great. If not, I've now revealed our next series. So that's wonderful. Our passage this morning is from Luke 10. We're going to be reading verses 38 through 42. Hear the word of the Lord. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, I ask one for our brother Stuart who is preaching at Harmony, I ask that you bless his time there and that you may bless their congregation through your word. And I pray for my own sermon this morning. Lord, if I preach anything false or untrue, I ask it fall upon deaf ears. I pray that it is your word and not my own. Amen. So, right after... College. I graduated from Appalachian State in 2007. I did this ministry called RUF. It's Reformed University Fellowship. It's a college ministry. And when they asked me where I wanted to go, I said, anywhere but a big city. Now, RUF is mostly centered in, they got its start in Mississippi. And so when they read, not a big city, they said, yes, somebody who likes to go up north. Not exactly what I put, but that's what they read into it. And so I got sent to Pennsylvania, uh, to Penn State University. Now, I was born and raised in Sumter, South Carolina. I lived in North Carolina. That's where I went to college. So really, I'd never spent any length of time outside of the Southeast. Probably nothing more than a couple of weeks. So I had no idea what it would be like. How would I be received? Uh, I was going to a very big engineering school, App State's a liberal arts school. I had long hair and a beautiful red beard that I miss greatly. What, there's going to be cultural differences. What is that going to be like? And there, there were a lot of differences. Uh, it, was, it was bizarre, and it took me some time to get used to, uh, but everybody was very straightforward. Uh, it was pretty amazing. And so I had to get used to that. It was, it was, it was a bit of a change. 
And so when I moved up, again, I'm coming from Appalachian State, which has a reputation for being a little bit crunchy, maybe a little bit more on, uh, let's just call it the hippie side of things. Uh, I went there. I didn't have a bed or a desk or a bookshelf, but that was okay because I had an inflatable mattress. I was like, I'm fine. And my roommate's parents, who attended the same church that I did, uh, they learned I didn't have a bed. And they thought that was preposterous. And they looked at me like, you need to go buy a bed. I was like, I'm fine. I got the nice inflatable mattress. I spent 40 bucks on it. But you can't just sleep on an inflatable mattress. And I was like, I, I can. Uh, and I was. And uh, we had several conversations and then one day, uh, he just called me. Are you at the house? I was like, I am. We're coming over. I was like, okay. And they brought to me a bed, a desk, and a couple of bookshelves. They unpacked everything. They put it together. They, I, I then had a bed. I had a place to study. Uh, my books were no longer just stacked up. They were on shelves properly and orderly. And then when they got done, they just turned around like, all right, what else do you need? I was like, I, I don't know. This is amazing. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, it was an amazing show of hospitality. They barely knew me. This is pro I was, probably was there for a month and a half. Yet they welcomed me. They shared their son's bed with me. They spent the time to get to know this 22-year-old who had no idea where he was or what he was doing. I was way out of my depth. I felt like I was in a strange land. But I had a home. Because this church, and the Johnson Bos are a reflection of the church at large, they showed tremendous hospitality. They showed tremendous welcome because they were passionate about Christ and they, they wanted to share that great love. So as we look at what it means to be hospitable, when we talk about hospitality for the next few weeks, what we need to remember going forward is in loving others, we need to first look to the Lord. And so that is our main point this morning. Because the Lord is our portion, we should extend hospitality to our neighbors. And again, because the Lord is our portion, we should extend hospitality to our neighbors. Now, a little context for this passage. Uh, Luke is a gospel writer who's trying to give an orderly account. He's, of the four gospel writers, he's the one who's the historian. He structured his gospel as such. Uh, which makes this passage even more interesting because he's the only one who records this story. And not only does he record this story, he takes it a little bit out of chronological order and he places it right after the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now, if you're familiar with uh, this parable, you know that that's the one that will strike at the heart of what it means to love your neighbor. It's a parable that will challenge you. And then he goes from that extreme, saying this is what it means to love. 
And then he comes to a completely different one when we have this lady who is trying to serve and then one who's trying to connect. He's saying, this is what you need. They, we have this story. Mary and Martha, they, they welcome Jesus into their home. Notice Martha does refer to Jesus as Lord. They hold this teacher in high esteem. So as we go forward, I want to take a second and just let's put ourselves in their shoes. What would you do if you knew your best friend was coming over to your house? What would you do to prepare What would you do if the state governor was coming to your house? What would you do to prepare? What would you do if the president called you up and said, hey, I'm coming over for dinner Friday night? How does that change what you do to prepare? And so Mary and Martha are inviting and welcoming somebody that really doesn't have any titles outside of teacher, yet they're going to refer to him as Lord, and they're going to welcome him into their home. Would you even volunteer to host such a person? This is what Mary and Martha are doing. They should be commended. These ladies have provided a place of rest for Jesus. They have provided a place for him to teach and they're offering. They're offering their house. They're eager to share with this man whom they hold in such high esteem. They're opening up their home, and this is all good. So let's dive in. We have three main characters. We have Jesus, we have Martha, and we have Mary. And Jesus, he's, he's on his way to Jerusalem. Now it takes him a while. He doesn't get there for nine more chapters. Uh, but Martha sees him and welcomes him. She opens up her home. She does this for Christ. She does this for Jesus. And at the beginning, she really does model what it means to be hospitable. The welcoming is a good thing. And now, odds are, if you grew up in the church or you're familiar with this story, you know that there's going to be a problem down the road. But let's not forget that this passage starts with them seeking the Lord. She's offering a place for him to stay. She's offering a place that he may teach. This welcome. Yeah, welcoming can be uh, powerful. Just the mere fact that you open up your house, you open up your place, or you go somewhere and say, come with me. This is a good thing. When I returned to Sumter... I guess nine or nine years ago, almost ten. I can't do math. The very act, uh, yeah. When I returned to Sumter, I was, to be honest, I was not in a great place. I was not in a great place spiritually. I was not great place emotionally. Uh, I was looking for work, and I had no idea what the Lord had in store for me. Unfortunately, I had, and I still have this wonderful friend, my buddy named Charlie. Uh, he worked out at a small elementary school in Pinewood called Manchester, called me up. He's like, hey, I got a position for you. I was like, well, you sure? And he's like, yeah, it's great. You can be a computer lab manager. 
I studied philosophy in college. I don't, like, I don't, I'm competent with computers. I'm not great with computers. It's like, sure. And so I go and I interview, and the principal there, Dr. Tai, she was marvelous. And our interview was basically telling me that I already had the job. They were just desperate for somebody to come out there. I was very fortunate in that. It was a small school, and it was in a tough place to teach. It's a very rural area, so uh, they're pulling in a vast array of students who don't have all the blessings and privileges that some of the others do. But she did a great job of fostering a welcoming community among the staff. I was simply a paraprofessional. I didn't do anything major. I just ran the computer lab. But the staff welcomed me. I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no idea really who I was. I didn't know what my life had in store for me. But they welcomed me. They were happy that I was there. They checked in on me. They were happy to greet me as I was. And the Lord used that school. They, they, he used that staff in my life in ways I don't think that they ever knew. So as we look at this, we need to remember to be welcoming. And we're going to come back to this. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to being welcoming. But as believers who have received the love of Christ, we need to be ready to show forth that same welcoming love that Christ gives to us. We need to show forth that love to others. Now after... Jesus is welcomed into the house, we really begin to see the duality between the two sisters. In verse 39, And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Now there are some verses that really make the Bible feel alive. And I feel like this is one of those verses. Uh, because anybody who has siblings knows there's always at least one that always seems to get stuck with the chores and has to do all the work. And then there's one that's always trying to get away with all, from doing all the chores and doing all the work. And I would know because I'm the latter one. I am that brother. Martha is distracted by her servant. And her heart's in a good place. We, we would say her heart's in a good place. She holds Christ in high regard. She's trying to serve him well. She's trying to get the right food. She's trying to make sure the place looks nice. Everything's tidy. She refers to him as Lord. So we know how much she thinks of Jesus. And then you have Mary. So you have all this busyness going on in the background, and then Mary's just sitting there. Because she also holds Christ in high regard. She's sitting at his feet, which is, means she's learning from him. She's listening to his teaching. She is being discipled. She wants to know what Jesus is all about. These two sisters, they have 
They have opened up their house. They have welcomed Christ in. And, but once he's in, only one is actually sharing in his company. Now, I feel like this can touch a nerve, especially, especially in our southern culture. We, we do make a to-do with presentation. We, there is a tendency, and I'm not saying this is universal, please don't hear that. There is a tendency to make sure everything is clean and straight. We want to as if we want to present the best version of our home to our guests. You know, I grew up in the South. Mom always asked me to help clean when guests were coming over, and that was part of what I learned. Now, I don't think we'd ever expect that of others, but that was what we were to do. And I really only remember pushing back once. I'm sure I did it much more than once. Uh, but there's one that was particularly clear, mainly because I was older, and my brother's friend Nick was coming into town. Now, Nick also went to Appalachian State, um, and where I looked more like uh, sort of the free-spirited uh, person, Nick went much closer to that lifestyle. And so moms were cleaning, and then I have an armful of stuff, and mom goes, and I finally asked mom, I was like, who, which one Ben's friends is coming? She goes, Nick. And I was like, dropped it. And I was like, why are we cleaning? I was convinced Nick would be much more at home in a disheveled house than he would be in one that was nice and clean. Honestly, Nick would have been very happy with the tent set up in the backyard. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying there isn't a time to have your house in a pristine state. It is good to entertain. It is often fun to entertain. It is good to have these things. It's, it's good to get the china out and have a fancy meal. These are blessings that we have to celebrate and have joy with one another. But if we're not sharing, if we're not delighting in the presence of each other, then it becomes an issue. Because when it comes to hospitality, I think Mary has the right of it. She's sharing what she has with Jesus. Not only that, she is receiving what Jesus has to offer. Mary has opened up her house and now she is learning at the feet of Jesus. If we are going to be hospitable, we're going to have to share what we have with others. And you can't do that if you're making yourselves too busy to be with the people that the Lord has put in your life. Share with others the gifts that God has given you. For what the Lord has given you Is good. And it is his ultimately. So yes, we ultimately should share. And when it comes to our spiritual gifts and the grace of Jesus, we can share it as much as we want and it is never taken away from us. It's really a beautiful thing. 
Finally, this passage ends with a short dialogue. Martha says this, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And again, notice how much she respects and fears and honors Jesus. She calls him Lord. She gives him this wonderful and magnificent title. She refers to her own work. She says, I am serving you. I am honoring you. I am doing the things that I am doing for you. And then very much, very much like a sibling appealing to authority, you command her to help me serve you. Someone says, saying, don't you care how much I'm serving you? Tell Mary to help me. Now you get the sense Martha is trying to do something very special. I'm sure she is. She is trying to love Christ well. I mean, this is Jesus. But the Lord's response is very loving. It is very tender. Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled. He sees her anxieties. He knows her fears. He knows what she is trying to do. However, in her busyness and in her activity and in her desire to make this whatever special thing happen, she's missing the one thing that is most important. Jesus. The man that she has welcomed into her house. Jesus says this, Mary, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Christ is very gracious here. Christ is very loving. He wants, he he desires Martha to be more like Mary. Because Mary understands the thing that's vitally important, that one thing is necessary. And that one thing is Jesus. That is Christ. That is our Savior. He is the good portion that is necessary. Mary understands this. This is why she is sitting at his feet. She wants to know him. Jesus is in her house. Jesus is teaching. Jesus is discipling. He is ministering. And Mary wants to connect. She desires to know him. She desires to be with Jesus. She desires that good portion. Martha seems 
to be looking at the honor of hosting Jesus, but she's so wrapped up in the serving and the business that she's missing the glory of Christ. Because Jesus is the Savior. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. He is the one who provides salvation. He is the one that stains us. He is the one that gives us the fruits to love, to show kindness, to give and to share without the expectation of receiving. He is the one who keeps our cup full so that we may pour out and love others. It is in Jesus that we rely on all things, especially when it comes to hospitality. So when we want to be hospitable, we need to look to Christ because we want to show forth our Savior. So the question remains, how can we show Christ in our hospitality? Well, to borrow from Stuart, I have action points this morning. First of all, we want to be welcoming. We want to welcome people. We want to be invitational. We want to invite people in. We want to receive others. Paul, in writing his letter to the Romans, he says, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. We welcome others because we need to remember Christ welcomed us even though we were dead in our sins. We rebel and oppose Christ, yet he still welcomes us. So as we show hospitality, we need to remember this. We need to remind ourselves that even though we are sinners, Jesus welcomes us. We need to go out of our way. We need to introduce ourselves. We need to be friendly. We need to welcome. Secondly, we need to share. Now we've all have received gifts from the Lord. All have blessings. 1 Peter 4.10 As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Now Peter goes on to write about these various gifts. But the point remains is this. The Lord has given you many gifts. He has given you blessings. We are called to use our gifts. We are called to make use of uh, whatever he has given us, whether it is generosity or teaching or loving and all those wonderful things that the Lord has made us and crafted us and created us to do. We aren't to be selfish with it. We're not to cling to it and be like, oh yeah, I'm really good at this, but I'm going to keep it to myself. No, we share. We use the gifts that God has given us. They're meant for sharing. And as his portion, we can share these gifts as much as we can, and yet it never goes away. Because in our sharing, that is provided for us by the Spirit. Finally, we are to connect. 
Now this is, this may be the hardest. Uh, because that requires us to actually engage with people. To be present. To listen. To be slow to speak. To know that it's not just about the presentation. It's to remember that we are all made in the image of God. We are all a part of his creation. And especially when it comes to the church, we are one body. Remember as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, where we in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. And as a body, we need one another. We need to be a part of each other's lives. Now, it doesn't have to be elaborate. If we're going to connect, it's usually the simple things that work the best. Our attention needs to be on the other person. One of the best nights I've had this year actually happened after a session meeting. Now, if you're not familiar with the session meeting, it's just a meeting of our elders. It's the meeting of the leadership of the church. Uh, If you want to check it out, it's fine. You can just let an elder know, and you can be a visitor, and you can watch people discuss church business for two hours. Uh, Technically, I'm a visitor when I go, and I do that for every month. So if you want to come join me and watch a session meeting happen, feel free to let me know. But they can be intense. It is about the business of the church, how to care and love the church, how to guide the church how to build one another up, how to love each other. And so after one of these meetings, uh, I invited uh, Brother Paul. I hope he doesn't mind me telling this story. Probably should have asked beforehand. Uh, but we got together and we stayed up till about 1.30 in the morning, which I found out is way easier to do in your early 20s as opposed to your mid-30s. But we laughed. <laughs> I mean, we cried. Uh, We talked about our joys in ministry. We talked about our frustrations. It was a wonderful evening. And my house was a mess. My dishwasher doesn't work, so there's a pile of dirty dishes. Uh, And I used my kitchen table to stack a bunch of stuff. And so I only cleared out the middle portion of the table. So there's like debris on the other ends of the table. And the only snacks I had were honey mustard pretzels and salt and vinegar almonds. Whoa, okay. (laughs) I felt that. All right. They're delicious. Um, It was a wonderful evening. And it was very simple. When we connect with one another, when we open up our homes, when we share our time, it's about the people that you are around. It is about the people that Christ has put in your life. Take the time. Connect. Learn. Value one another. Make sure you're using the means that Christ has given you to bond with others. So we'll finish with this. The Lord is our good portion. He is our Savior. 
He is the light in our life. He is our hope, our salvation. And then that is the portion he gives to us, and that is a portion we can never lose. So let us share it with others. Let us show forth Christ in our hospitality. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you are marvelous. You have welcomed us when we were alone and destitute. And you have shared your Son with us. Lord, you have connected us so much that you have made us family, that we may call you Father. Lord, I ask that we may love others in a like fashion. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.